hot topics. Who is the Holy Spirit and what's his role in the life of the believer? What's his role in the life of the church? 20 years ago, Don and I set out, we're about to complete a 20-year run at Christ Community. On August 5th, 1996, we incorporated the church. September 8th, we opened the doors at AUM, and little did we know God would do this amazing thing over the last 20 years. So in the early days, I just decided, you know, I'm going to teach on the Holy Spirit. I want all the Holy Spirit. I believe people do. And, and he's like, he's the forgotten God. Francis Chan, it's a great read. You might consider it. Francis Chan is just a passionate speaker, writer, former pastor. But he, he wrote this book called Forgotten God. And, and that's really a, I hate to say, that's a good title for the Holy Spirit. He's forgotten. I grew up in a denominational church different from the one I got ordained in and then I became a community pastor and it was a great church and they loved God's word but we never talked about the Holy Spirit then I fast forward and in my other church we didn't really talk about the Holy Spirit a lot so I decided that I'm going to study and learn and teach on it as much as I can and I have we started a church and we didn't want to uh, neglect the Holy Spirit but we didn't want to abuse the Holy Spirit so I could talk to you for hours on this but I just thought you know this is a great hot topic because this subject a lot of times is just forgotten or glossed over or we don't really talk about it the holy spirit is god we know that god is trinitarian he's father he's son and he's holy spirit three distinct persons one god and only god can do that and the holy spirit is so powerful and majestic and resident in the life of believers so this morning I've done a whole series on this, but I just thought this morning, just in a, in a short amount of time, I was going to try to come and arm you and support you and encourage you and teach you and motivate you to seek God with all your heart, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Is that fair enough, church? Okay. Getting to know the Holy Spirit, because a lot of times we don't. A lot of times we don't realize that He is the one that restrains evil until God's ultimate purposes are fulfilled. If we took the Holy Spirit from the earth, you think it's messed up now. You think the world's chaotic now. Can you imagine the world without the Holy Spirit? I cannot. I don't want to know. He is the one that convicts of sin, and he brings judgment to us. He bears witness to the truth. He's the agent in new birth. He seals. And yes, even the Holy Spirit is the one that convicts, but I like the word, he is the one that convinces you that you need him, that you need the Savior. At 19, I was this crazy, brown-headed, curly-headed, lots of hair, use your sanctified imagination guy. That wasn't funny. And, and the Holy Spirit moved on my life, and he convinced me one night in my dorm at my college university that I needed the Savior. It was like any other night, wasn't thinking about God, wasn't a religious person at all, and God convinced me of my need for Christ. And I came to Christ. When you came to Christ, there were probably teachers and pastors and leaders and moms and dads and grandparents. And God used all those as agents. But it was the Holy Spirit that revealed Christ to you. And can you just say a big amen there? One of the significant things that I want to see is just an awakening in the body of Christ for the fullness of the Godhead of the Holy Spirit. And a lot of times when Christians discover that the Holy Spirit is for them, and He is gentle, and He is powerful, and He guides, and He leads. 
And he will search their hearts, and he will lead them in manners of truth. And they realize how important it is. And then maybe one day they'll discover that God has given them unique, distinct spiritual gifts. And those gifts are to be used for the glory of Christ, not for the glory of man. And I have witnessed the power of the gifts, and I have witnessed the severe abuse of the gifts. And I want to say our church wants to walk in the fullness of Christ, but not abusing. And that is a good word, isn't it, church? Isn't it, church? Okay, so who is the Holy Spirit? Well, let's, I'm just, I've got so much on here. You don't even have to fill in an outline today. You're going, hallelujah, I know I've been looking through here. I've been looking for the blanks. I'm going to give you so much, you just write down what speaks to your heart. And I've given you scripture about the forgotten God and the Holy Spirit, but I want to move into this. Number one, the Holy Spirit is a person, just like the person sitting next to you. Would you go, you're not real, you're just matter. And I hate when people go, it it showed up it's coming do you have it what is it he's a person can we go from this point forward and go the holy spirit is god he's a person he's not it and john 14 17 listen to the scriptures the spirit of truth the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him for he lives with you and he will be in you we're going to look at so many different scriptures today that I think scripturally will convince you that the Holy Spirit is not just a force. He's not just a power, but he's a person. He's a person that takes up residence in your life when you come to Christ. Now, there's a lot of different misconceptions out there that he is just a force or the Holy Spirit is a feeling. And, and I don't doubt, I, I've experienced, I, I believe, I sense, there's a discernment. I, I can feel the Spirit. I feel when the Spirit moves. I do. But if you are so manipulated, directed, driven by your emotions, and I didn't feel it, does that mean he's not here? Absolutely not. I believe the Holy Spirit is wherever believers are, he comes and he dwells in them. Now, a lot of times we grieve him and we quench him, and that's something we talk about in a minute. But the Holy Spirit, he's a person, secondly, the Holy Spirit is God. He is God himself. He's just as much God as the Father, and he's just as much God as the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 5, and whenever you look at the Holy Spirit, you've got to look at Acts, and if I had hours, we would just go through verse after verse, and we would look at Acts, but Acts 5, 3 through 4, then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that now you have lied to the Holy Spirit, and you've kept for yourself some of your money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, was it the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied to men, Ananias, but you have lied to God. It's talking about the Holy Spirit. And you know that. And they basically, that's not a very good story in Acts because the people get drug out of church dead. I mean, could y'all imagine this morning if we were dragging people out dead because you lied this week? Now, everybody that lied this week, I want you to raise your hand. No, don't do that. Somebody like, man, you lied. What'd you lie about? Well, what else did you lie about? But I tell you, in this church meeting, I got a feeling it got everybody's attention. You know, but then as I've been studying this week and I've got so many books on this and I read scriptures and I pray and I ask for the feeling in my life every day. I, went to, I was reading, I was studying this one guy, Robert Morris, great pastor out of Gateway, his, uh, his worship pastor for a long time. She's one of the greatest artists on the planet. Her name's Carrie Job. You ever heard of her? We sing a lot of her songs around here. But... He just said, the Holy Spirit is my best friend. He's my constant advocate. He's my friend. So this morning, you just might want to write in there, Holy Spirit, he is or he could be or he might be my best friend because he has a friend to make. You know, if, if you look, um, 
I know this is going to irritate somebody, but I think, I think it works. A study that I recently read said that every six and a half minutes, we look at our phones. And some of you are like, no, pastor, you just lied. Every 3.20 seconds, I look at my phone. And, you know, right now, I mean, I, I mean, I caught up, and I've had an iPhone for years, and I got the, uh, you know, 6S or whatever. I don't get the big one because I'm not a girl, and I just can't figure out how to put that one in my pocket. Okay, that's just a personal preference. But I look at my phone, and, you, and you're saying, Keith, I look at my phone all the time, and this study says every six and a half, that's 150 times a day for 90 seconds minimum a time. And I thought, wow, that's a lot of obsession with our phones. And and so I'm not trying to call you guilty because I'm guilty and we can just stand up and sing Kumbaya and go home right now. But what if we checked in with the Holy Spirit every six and a half minutes? Holy Spirit, what do you think about this? Holy Spirit, were my words fitting in that last situation? Holy Spirit, where would you lead me now? Holy Spirit, give me the mind of Christ. If you just talked to him and just became a friend and you just checked... What if we just checked in with him half as much as we check in with our phone? You go, boy, I would be spiritual. Huh. Well, just a thought. Okay, I knew you weren't going to like it. So who is the Holy Spirit? He's God in the biggest way. He, he's, the, he's the source of all truth. All truth comes from the Father. It comes from above. It comes from the Holy Spirit. He's, uh, he's personal. He convicts us of our guilt. He has a ministry. And one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit is conviction. And when you and I come under conviction, and that means we... we have a realization that I'm wrong, that I've sinned, that I've messed up. The Holy Spirit checks you. It's like it, it supersizes your conscience. The Bible says in Timothy that you can sear your conscience. When you have the Holy Spirit, it's like he lets you know. How many of you this week, the Holy Spirit has checked you on a lot of things? Now, raise your hands. I mean, everybody's hands should be up if you're in Christ. Because the Holy Spirit should, and you're saying, well, pastor i am sinless well you got another problem it's called lying okay i mean you, you're probably better than most of us i'll give you that but you still fall short so you like you know you need the holy spirit um so the holy spirit he he convicts he illuminates you know i pray that on tuesday mornings i pray it all through the week but on tuesday morning i go into my study at my house and and that's when i really do start my heavy sermon prep for the week and it ends up saturday night late it works all week, and then Sunday morning, I'm still going over it, and then, you, then I come out here, and I do it, and then I do it again, and do it again. Well, here's the thing. I always pray, Holy Spirit, I need illumination in my mind. I need you to enlighten my heart to the things of the Father. I need you to enlighten me that I might be able to stand before your people and give them spiritual food, because I'm not able. I'm, I'm not adequate, so I need illumination. You're saying, well, Keith, I'm not the pastor. You're a Christ follower. You need the illumination of the Spirit. And the church said, amen. Also, you've heard this term. He is advocate. He is teacher. He is comforter. I love that the Holy Spirit's a comforter. I pray comfort for y'all all the time because y'all go through some hard times and good times, and you need the comfort of Christ. The other day in France, in Nice, when all that happened, I, I, I always love to pray. Did I just hear that? Uh, that was wild. Holy Spirit's here. Okay. So I was... Uh, I love to pray for people. When, when I hear of a tragedy, I immediately start praying for the presence of Christ. I pray for the people. I pray for the churches. I pray for believers. When people love, lose loved ones, man, I just start praying for the comfort of them. But I heard this thing. I just love this story. It talks about comforters. Well, you know, I don't think I knew what a comforter was until 37 years ago. I got married this August. 
and my wife, we, she went out and she bought this comforter. And you got to remember, I'm a guy, so I'm clueless. And all the guys said about yourself, okay? All right, and, and me. And uh, so we bought a comforter, and then you fast forward, then we get duvets and all this stuff, you girls. And, and then I never knew you needed so many pillows. Do, do I have a witness in here, men? Okay, y- y'all are liking me now. I can already feel it. And because, you know, I thought a pillow, you slept on it, and that was it, you know, and you could change the sheets on it. But, you know, we started getting pillows and comforters, and, and it was really cool, you know, and we had a comforter on our bed. Well, you know, we've been married several years, and then uh, we found out we need another comforter because that one's maybe a little thin or whatever, and we had another one, so we get one. So, like, you know, Donna puts a comforter on the bed, and that's cool. But then when I come in to go to sleep, the comforter's gone. And I'm thinking, somebody broke in and stole our comforter, but not really. See, that comforter wasn't for me to put my gnarly feet on. That comforter, I remember the first time we ever had discussion, and we had discussion, and Jesus, she says, you do not lay down on this comforter. Well, you got to remember, when I grew up, I laid down on my bed, and I'm a neat freak, so I would make it back up, and when I went to college, I laid on the bedspread, and then I found out, you don't lay on these comforters. They are for looks. But as I heard this story, then I, and, and from Morris, I was thinking about my own life because I could identify. Then he says, there are other things in our house we can't use. And baby, I'm not picking on you because you're an amazing woman. But I understand this. There are other things you don't use, and it's called the guest towels in the, in the guest bathroom. And I thought they were for me to wipe my hands on and maybe to wipe my mouth on. And no, those are for the guests. I'm thinking, they don't live here. I live here. But... But listen, you're going, this is, why are you telling us this? This is too much. You're getting me in trouble. I'm laughing. I'm going to quote you. Don't quote me, okay? But a lot of times we treat the Holy Spirit like he's for looks. Huh. And he's for comfort. And I'm praying that we're going to embrace the Holy Spirit this morning in the days to come. We're saying, Holy Spirit, I, I need you. I need you to comfort me. Because uh, Corinthians teaches the same comfort that we receive, we're able to give those that we can comfort them with the comfort of the Holy Spirit. I experienced a lot of death when I was young, losing my mom at nine, and I've walked with so many people through death because I understand it on an earthly level. So I use the comfort the Holy Spirit gives me. Other situations you have, you're unique. You have a situation that only you've walked through, and sometimes you're the best comforter in human form, the Spirit working through you, that you comfort somebody else because you understand and they embrace, and it's, it's powerful. So he's our helper. Let me just give you some verses I think are good. Open your Bibles to John. John chapter 14, verse 25. Look at this. I am telling you these things that now while I am still with you, But when the Father sends the advocate, another translation says the helper as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything, and he will remind you of everything that I have told you. So Jesus promises, the Father will send the Holy Spirit, and if I don't go away, he won't come. But if I go away, he'll come, and then he'll be with you forever, where Jesus would be in certain places and go to this village and that. Now the Holy Spirit's with us everywhere. How many are glad that the Holy Spirit's with us right now in your life, in every place you go, you're glad the Holy Spirit's there? You're like, I like that, Pastor, but sometimes I go some places and I don't want the Holy Spirit to go. That's called sin, okay? But you know what? He goes with you. Now, you can push him down, you can be stiff-necked, you can stuff him, you can ignore him, but he goes with you. So it's the ministry. Look at 14.25, look at chapter 15, look over there at uh, verse 26. 
but I will send you the advocate, the helper, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father. He'll testify all about me. What does the Holy Spirit do? He points us to Jesus. He magnifies the Son. He magnifies the Father. It's an awesome thing here. And then let's look at 16.7. So if you're just wondering, like, well, he's just picking a few verses. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate, the helper won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. So the Holy Spirit, I'm so glad he came. Because the Holy Spirit came, I'm convinced. Are you convinced that you need the Father, that you need Christ? And then 16.7, let's look down there at 16.12. There's so much more I want to tell you, but I can't bear it now. When the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit is, comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own, but He will tell you what He's heard. He will tell you about the future. How many of you need help? Turn to the person next to you and say, you need help. Just turn to them and tell them. They're not going to hit you because you need help too. They need help. And ask the Holy Spirit. That he, he gives us help. He gives us guidance. He gives us direction. 16, 12 through 13. Let's just look down at a few other verses here. Well, that, I just did 12, 13. Let me give this one. Um, the, the bottom line is here. I'm just trying to let you know. All through John, all through Gospels, you see the ministry, the work of the Holy Spirit. Then you turn over uh, to the book of Acts. A whole book is devoted to the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit and how he falls on Peter and how he falls on the church and Pentecost. And it's just amazing. The other thing that I love about the Holy Spirit is that he, uh, he assures us that we are his, that we're the Father's. Here's another thing, Romans 8, 26, just write it in the side. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us. You know when the Bible says he groans for us when we know not how to pray? I love that ministry of the Holy Spirit. I, I pray for a lot of people. It's my job as a shepherd. It's your job as a Christ follower. And sometimes I know just what to pray. God gives me the scripture so clear. And sometimes I'm like, man, I am clueless. I don't know what to pray. And I just ask the Holy Spirit, and sometimes I just, I just like there's just this moaning, this groaning, but I know his prayers are perfect, and he intercedes. He also directs us. He warns us if we will listen. Has anybody said to you lately, you just won't listen? No, don't raise your hand. Sometimes we get accused of that, rightfully so. But in, in the Holy Spirit's case, he warns us that we might not walk in a certain path. Have you ever, uh, here's one, this happens to me too much, I, have, I hate to admit I am verbose of tongue. I talk a lot. Yeah, you're saying, yeah, we know that. And I talk a lot, and I praise my Father in heaven like you do with my tongue. But sometimes I talk too much. And sometimes I just know that the Holy Spirit is warning me. And, and a lot of times I listen. But if I'm honest, this is, I'm going to be confessional. And sometimes I don't. And then I say it, and then there is this this nudging, this brokenness, this sickness, and the Holy Spirit's like, I told you, did, has anybody witnessed that this week but me? Hello? Have y'all not had the Holy Spirit tell you, like, yeah, you shouldn't have said that. That was not edifying. That was not building. That was not Christ-like. That was not Christ-honoring. Anyway, I, I, I find it. The other thing the Holy Spirit does, he bears fruit. Uh, Galatians 5, 22 through 23 I just encourage you to pray that, Holy Spirit, produce your fruit in me. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Produce these nine fruits of the Spirit. Produce it in my life, Lord. Remind me. So what's the work of the Spirit? He speaks. He teaches. He forbids. He searches. 
He's searching our hearts right now. You know, when we go to the communion table or we are, are wanting to have powerful prayer lights, we ask God, Holy Spirit, Psalm 139, search our hearts, see if there be any sinful way within me. Man, the Holy Spirit, he's on it. I found the Holy Spirit is laser beam. He, doesn't, he never guesses. He knows. You know how when you guess? Yeah. Like you're saying, well, man, that was my school performance. I guessed about everything. Now, the Holy Spirit, man, he, he, he is right on. He's divine. He's holy. He's God. He, he has a personality, the, the deity of Christ. Isaiah 11, 2, listen to the ESV translation. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. This is just the, the work and the role and, and, and the move of the Holy Spirit. And I just pray that today somebody's going to say, man, I want more of that. And, and then Ephesians 1, 13 through 14, listen to this. In him... You also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, you believed in him and you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance and will acquire that possession of his praise and glory. I love that when he says that he seals us, he marks us, he guarantees us. If you're in Christ this morning, you're sealed. If you're in Christ today, you have the Holy Spirit. See, there's camps that teach you don't have the Holy Spirit. Uh, you haven't read the Bible. When we come to Christ, when do we get the Holy Spirit? We get the Holy Spirit at salvation. And the church said, amen. I don't want you to ever say, well, so-and-so I said I don't have the Holy Spirit. No, you might not have the Holy Spirit as full as he wants to operate in your life. And we're going to talk about filling of the Holy Spirit. But you have the Holy Spirit. That is just not doctrinally uh, correct when people teach you you don't have the Holy Spirit. You don't, you know, and then... They're saying, well, I have the Holy Spirit like this. Well, good for you. This is, he's working in me. I have him. I want more of him. The Bible says, seek him. It says, go for it. Pursue him. The Holy Spirit, he, listen to this. You might want to write some of these words down. He leads, speaks, feels, reveals, teaches, helps, sins, forbids, constrains, convicts, warns, intercedes, empowers, sanctifies you're saying i can't write that down well just go online you can listen to it maybe again you'll go hey okay and here's what i love he seals one of the ministries of the holy spirit is he's a he's a sealer when you come to christ he marks he father seals you with the holy spirit he's a filler we'll talk about it at the end so a holy spirit and he also he is a he's a healer and it's one of the ministries of the holy spirit that he that he heals and we had a lot more time. We'd probably try to get into that in a big, big way. But in Mark 1.12, it says, talking about Jesus, it says, the Spirit immediately drove Jesus out of the wilderness. The Holy Spirit led Jesus in and out. And the Holy Spirit leads us. And uh, so the work of the Spirit is that He, he, gives, um, he gives guidance. He gives, uh, he gives direction. He gives, uh, he gives leadership. And I'm just saying, Lord, I, I need that. Uh, you know, Jesus said, uh, unless a man be born of the water and the spirit, they can't enter into the kingdom. You know, John 3, you, you got to be born again. So this huge role of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. And then there's this role to be filled with the Spirit. And, and we'll talk about that in a minute. I, I know you're looking at your notes here you're like, man, I don't know where I'm going to write this. And man, just write it wherever you can. But I just wanted to pose some questions this morning. I want to give you some of God's word that you can think about it. And the, the, uh, this is one of the things I love about the Holy Spirit. 
He, he leads us to holy forgetfulness. When Christ forgives us, we don't have to continue to go back to that old sin that's been confessed and repented of under the blood of Christ. Uh, Peter, man, Peter was a royal failure. Read about the life of Peter. But then when the Holy Spirit falls on him, man, he runs for Jesus. He is, he is passionate for Christ. We think about Peter being the great preacher of the, of the gospel. But if you go back, you're like, but Peter, hey, Pete, Pete, look back here. Man, you're a mess up. You know, that's what the devil does for you and me. He tries to remind us of our past so much that we get paralyzed. And I'm saying, let's go forward in Jesus Christ. And, and let's say, Lord, I want what you have for my life. I want you to lead me to focus on the gospel. I want to go for what you have. Listen to John 16, 13. It's right there in the middle of your outline. It says, however, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you the things to come. Man, I, I just circle that right now in your outline. And the Holy Spirit is just 100% God. He's a person. He's God. He's for you. He's working. He, he comes on us at uh, salvation. And so my question is, do you have the Holy Spirit? You're like, I'm not a believer. Then today receive Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. You're saying, I am a believer. I've backslidden. Today repent. You're saying, I am a believer. I've got the Holy Spirit. That's awesome. Then I ask you, are you filled with the Spirit? You're saying, well, I don't know. What does that mean? D.L. Moody one time said this. He goes, I have to be filled continually with the Spirit because I leak. And I like that. And I'm thinking, man, that's me. I leak. And sometimes I'm like, you must not have been filled today, man. You're like, you're in the flesh. You're leaking. And, and so it's a role for all of us just to be filled with the Spirit of Christ, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, like today, if, you, if I ask you a question, tell me people that are full of the Holy Spirit that are in our fellowship. Tell me holy men in our fellowship that are filled with the Holy Spirit. I hope you could go. I can write down some of those. Or tell me women in our body that are filled with the Spirit. And you go, or you go, I don't know. Well, I hope people can say, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of folks in our fellowship that are full of Christ. You see, we're all full of something. <laughs> Just think about that one for a minute. We're, we know what it is to be full. You go, that woman, she is so full of rage and anger. They're full of something. It's called the unholy spirit. That man, he is so full of himself. Not very good. See, we don't mind being full of something. So full, so full, full of what? Well, God says, be ye filled with the Spirit. Continually. I did just, the Greek word just came to me, plethoru, to be continuously filled. That, that, that's what it is. Lord, help us to do that. Help us to go in on what you're doing, to be walked, to walk, to be led, to live, to keep in step with our helper. So why should you be filled with the Spirit? Because without the filling of the Spirit, we tend to walk in flesh patterns that don't honor God. And it's just not very good. And we spend a lot of time in confession because we're just blowing it a lot. And I, I know a lot about blowing a lot. So the Bible says be continually filled. Ephesians 5.18, write it down. That's the verse. And do not be drunk with wine, where in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. It is not a suggestion. It is a command from God's Word, be filled with with the Holy Spirit. So this morning, I'm just saying, what, what has control of you? You're saying, well, 
Pastor, alcohol has control of me. My anger, my shame, my lust, my just whatever. That, that consumes me. That, that controls me. And so my prayer would be this morning, Lord, help us to have courage to, to trade that in, to exchange that for the filling of Christ, for the filling of the Holy Spirit. Lord, come and, and move in here. And so what hinders the Holy Spirit? You, you, I don't know where you're writing all this, but I just, just want to teach you God's Word with uh, faithfulness. What hinders the Holy Spirit? When you and I resist truth from God's Word, then we deny the Holy Spirit. When God's truth comes to us, it needs to be received. But we have the ability, the choice, the free will to resist it. The second one we, is we, we grieve the Holy Spirit by sin. The Holy Spirit is grieved. He is holy, holy, set apart, blameless, God. And when you and I sin, we grieve Him. He is, he is saddened. He is a person. He, he is God. The, the third, He is quenched. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19. Do not quench, do not stifle the Holy Spirit. And then 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, what hinders the Holy Spirit? When you and I choose to reject Him. No, Holy Spirit, I, not here. Holy Spirit, no, I, I, I reject you. I, I, I've got this, I, I will do this. You come on Sundays. You can come on Sundays and small group night, okay? I'll do this. Yeah, that's, that's just foolishness. Or you're saying, well, Keith, I walk with Christ seven days a week, but sometimes I just reject Him. And, and you and I, we can be transparent. We know when we reject the Holy Spirit. Because here's what I found the Holy Spirit to be. A gentleman. A lot of times he just knocks. He whispers. He provides ways of escape. And do I choose it? So this morning I'm hoping that you'll say, well, you know, maybe I should be filled with the indwelling of Christ, the companionship of the Holy Spirit. Maybe I, uh, uh, you know, maybe... And, and today you might say, Keith, my cup is a, my cup's a quarter full. You say, no, man, my cup's half full. And if some of you today go, man, pastor, my cup is runneth over. It is so full. I'm like, man, that is awesome. And people are attracted to that kind of witness for Christ when the spirit of Christ just overflows. Uh, in the gospel it says, the rivers of living water, the Holy Spirit fills you and overflows tributaries. That's what I want for you and me. Lord, I want you to come. So the, the question begs, how can I be filled? Well, here's a couple things you might want to write down just to think about it. Recognize that you, you have a need and you have a desire to be filled. You're never filled with the Holy Spirit until you uh, come to the point where you go, I have a need, I, I have a desire, I want more of Christ, I want more of God. And that comes through just confession of sin. Lord, you're not satisfied with my sin Christ died to make me fitting and acceptable in your sight. So, Lord, I confess my sin. Lord, I want to be filled. And, Lord, now I want to I yield myself. I want to surrender to you, Holy Spirit. I, I want you to take control. Lord, when it comes to making contracts, I want you to lead me in those contracts. When it comes to being a father and a mother, I want you to lead me because I want to be a good and righteous and godly parent. And, God, when it comes to being a husband or a wife, I want you, Holy Spirit, to lead me and to fill me because that would honor the Father. You're saying, man, this is getting like really practical. I know. We submit to his control. You say, Lord, I, I surrender to you. You see, Erwin Lutzer, I love what he says. He says, 
If you're struggling today, you're a good candidate to be filled with the Spirit. And then he made this thing, this joke I thought was funny. He goes, well, you know, he says, uh, some of you, if you're not struggling today, he says, I, I know a lot of people are not struggling today. Christians, like, really? How'd they figure it out? He goes, they're all dead. They're in heaven. But if you're struggling this morning, then you have a need. I mean, I, I struggle. I mean, I'm just a, you know what I told somebody the other day? I said, I'm just a fellow struggler that gets to run my mouth for Jesus. <laughs> you're like, that's a good job title. Fellow struggler talks for Jesus, okay? Of course, there's a lot more to the office than pastor than just running your mouth. But anyway, it's just a part a lot of times you get to see. So the sealing of the Spirit, it's going to come up. Uh, matter of fact, i got a whole section here about the gifts of the Spirit. I just don't have time to touch on that, but I want you to know there, there's three main sections. 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, Ephesians 4. And this is a whole section about spiritual gifts. And there's other places. And we could talk about sign gifts and service gifts. And there's at least 11 service gifts listed in Scripture that are so critical to you and I. Matter of fact, let me, let me, let me just tell you what they are real quick. Because you might say, well, these are the ones we need. In, in uh, Romans, he lists several of them. The gift of serving or help. Some of you have that gift of serving and helps. It's beautiful. Some have the gift of teaching. That's needed in the body of Christ. Some of you have the gift of encouragement, exhortation. That's needed desperately. We all are commanded to give, but some of you have the supernatural gift of giving, and that's just awesome. Some of you have the gift of leadership. That's desperately needed. And some of you have the gift of mercy. And you have so much mercy, you just walk in mercy, and we love you. And then some of you are more prophetic gifted, and you need some mercy. Okay, and then and to the addition of this, there's the gift of administration, the gift of discernment, the gift of evangelism, the gift of hospitality, and the gift of shepherding. And these are 11 gifts. I did that right. 5, 10, 11. Okay. <laughs> when I got ready to hold my hand up, I went, I don't have 11 fingers. Okay. Uh, I told you I'm really smart. But you, 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 you want to opt. These gifts are so needed to serve the body of Christ. These 11 gifts get to operate every time we gather. They, they really do. So, let me, let me come down to this. I, I think this is going to help us about walking in community. A verse is going to come up, Ephesians 4.30. And do not grieve. It, it would be sad if you walked away from here from a teaching on the Holy Spirit and you grieve the Holy Spirit on purpose. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed. Another word would be marked for the day of redemption. So not grieving God, taking him in, not taking him for granted, wanting his companionship, realizing the benefits of the gifts of the Spirit. The four benefits are power, love, fruit, and gifts. Those are at least four benefits we get by having the Holy Spirit and, and being filled with the Holy Spirit. But here's what I want to do. They're, they're going to come to the stage, and we're going to do a great song, Holy Spirit, in just a moment. But right now, as Chris makes it his way over to the ivories to tickle them, um, I want to I want you to consider this morning being filled with the Spirit. If you are in Christ, if you would receive Christ, then you have the Spirit, and then would you be filled? Now, there's nothing weird, nothing odd about this, but it, it's incredibly powerful. And I find that it's a continual, uh, daily needed process. But maybe today you're saying, I've leaked out. I've tubed out. I've drifted. 
no, pastor, you said, do I struggle? Oh, I struggle. Then I would encourage you this morning to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So bow your heads with me, and, and let's just do some business with the Lord. See if this ministers to you. If, if you're not in Christ this morning, would you confess that if the Holy Spirit put that in your heart, would you just tell him, Jesus, I'm in need of you. I'm in need of a Savior. The Holy Spirit has convinced me of that today. I cannot save myself. Lord Jesus, come and invade my heart this morning. Save me. Cover me by your blood and be my Savior. And Lord, I receive you now, Christ, is my Lord. And then from that point forward, for the, all the rest of us, maybe for you, if you have a desire today to be filled with the Holy Spirit, would you just thank the Father that Christ died in your place as your substitute? And right now, would you just confess any known sins? Right now, ask the Holy Spirit just to show you if there's some sin blocking you. Move today, Holy Spirit. Convict us of sin. Bring to mind the issues that have grieved you. Help us to confess that and forsake it now in Jesus' name. Now show me what you want me to do. I submit to you this morning, Jesus, as Lord. I submit to you, Holy Spirit, as God. So right now, church, I, I don't know if all of you or some of you, would you just take your hands out and would you put them out in front of you right now if you're willing to do this with the Lord? Would you just put your hands out in front of you? Are, are, are you willing just to have a receiving, just a, a symbol of this? Lord Jesus, Father, Holy Spirit, in faith today, I ask you to fill me. I receive your filling today. As you baptize me into the body of Christ, I ask you to fill me now, Holy Spirit, in this place. I want to receive the fullness of your filling. Fill me from my head to my toes. Fill my life. Produce fruit in my life. Control me, Holy Spirit, from this point forward. I trust you now, Holy Spirit, to lead me out of this place today more full of you. And when I leak, may I ask you for another filling. May I be more like you, Jesus. I love you, Father. I love you, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, I love you. I receive your power and your filling now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm praying that God just supernaturally did something in your heart and mind that only he can do.